Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. This is Minister Macmillan today. Um, let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we praise your name. Lord, we praise your holy name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your holy name. Lord, we praise you, almighty God. Lord, we praise you, most holy one. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise you. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise you, Almighty God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. Thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Thank you, Almighty God, for the word that you have left us for our guide to help us through this life. Father, we give you all praise and honor and glory. And we thank you today for this word, Lord. In Jesus' name, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. We're going to start today with uh, chapter 24, or chapter 23, excuse me, on uh, Joshua. Now, we left off yesterday with the uh, disbursement of the Levites' portion of the land. And today, we are going to get into uh, Joshua's farewell and leadership, <clears throat> Okay. Now, mind you, they were very concerned when Moses was leaving. But the Lord had already instructed Moses who to put in his place. So let's see what happens in the case of Joshua, who was uh, second behind Moses. Okay? <clears throat> okay, let's get started without further ado. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest for all their enemies around them, Joshua 
by then old and well advanced in years, summoned all the Israels, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted an inheritance for your tribes, all the lands of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the great sea in the west. The Lord your God himself will drive them out of your way. He will push them out before you, and you will take possession of the land, as the Lord your God promised you. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law, Moses, without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you, and do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you, uh, one of you roused a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you in, intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. <clears throat> now I am about to go the way of all the earth. <clears throat> you know with all your heart and soul that no one of you, that not one of you, all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. But just as every good promise the Lord your God has come true, so the Lord will bring on you all the evil he has threatened until he has destroyed you from the good land he has given you. If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which is commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you, and you will quickly perish for, for the good land he has given you. Okay, so he is warning them, uh, a full-on warning here. Do not take God for granted, because he has done these things for you, because he will do just as he said. He will take all of this that he has given you away from you just as quickly as he gave it to you if you do not follow his commands. Now, 
I just want to say that to you because I want to emphasize that because, you know, that still stands to the day and people don't realize they pray to God and they ask God to do things for them. And the Lord does things for them because they're in right standing with God. And then they turn around and they do something that's not in right standing. And then what they've accomplished falls apart. The things that the Lord has blessed them with begins to fall apart. And they immediately, oh, I shouldn't believe in that. I knew that wasn't true. I knew that was a lie. I don't believe in God. Uh, I was just trying it out. And look what happened. No, what happened was you stepped out of the will of God. And this is what happens when you step out of the will of God. Things fall apart. The very thing that you asked for, okay, begins to disintegrate in front of your eyes. So, it still stands today. So, let's see what happens with the Israelites. Do they continue to listen to the word of the Lord? Or do they decide to go and, you know, backslide, as we say? Let's see, chapter 24. Uh, the covenant renewed at Shechem. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem, and he summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, the officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your forefathers included Terah, the father of Abram and Nabor, lived beyond the rivers and worship of the gods. But I took your father, Abraham, from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac. I gave him Jacob. I gave, I gave him Israel. I assigned the hill country of Sur to Israel. But Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron and afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there. And I brought you out when I brought your fathers out of Egypt. You came to the sea and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the desert for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites, who lived east of the Jordan, and they fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land with black son of Zippor, the king of Moab prepared to fight against Israel. He sent for Balaam, son of Peor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hands. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The cities of Jericho fought against, as did also the Amorites, the Pezites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gezagites, the Hivites and the Jezebites, but I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet's head of you. 
which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you the land on which you did not talk, and the cities you did not build. And you lived in them and ate from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all fulfillment, all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the god of Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt for that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on the entire journey among all the nations through which through which we are traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. We, too, will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is holy. God, he is a jealous God. He is a holy God and he is a jealous God. And he will not forgive your rebellion and your sin. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he drew up them decrees and laws and Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord take note I keep telling you take note every time you see a book of anything okay this is the book of the law of God be looking out for things pertaining to the laws of God. We have Genesis, we have Numbers, we have Leviticus, and we have Exodus. These are not all the books of the law of God. There are still some out there. Uh, you will find some of the law in Joshua. You will find some of the law in... 
Enoch. Uh, Jubilees is one of the books that we are trying to get our hands on right now. Um, so be looking out for them, okay? Um, let's go on. See, he said to all the people, the stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us, and it will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua sent the people away, each to his own inheritance. And after these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they, and they buried him in the land of inheritance, in the land of his inheritance, at Timoth Sarah, in the hills of Ephraim, north of Mount Gasha. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. And Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the tract of land that Jacob bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamath, the father of Shechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. Uh, and Eleazar, son of Aaron, died and was buried at Gibbeth, which had been allotted to his son Phineas in the hill country of Ephraim. Now remember, they were instructed to bring up uh, uh, Joseph's bones, not to leave them back in Egypt. Okay? No one dead or alive, was to be left back in Egypt. Hmm. That should tell you guys something, okay? <laughs> A lot of people today run, running around here, uh, running back to Egypt, want to follow uh, the things of Egypt. Why? There's a big why to that. Why would you do that? It's obvious that Egypt is not part of what the Lord put in place. The Lord pulled us from Egypt. Even though he allowed Jacob to go to Egypt because of the time of the drought and because he had set up provisions for him through his son, Joseph. But as soon as Jacob died, Jacob was taken back to his homeland, which is part of uh, the area where they claimed, which was the Canaanite land, okay? So even his body is not in Egypt. The only body that laid in Egypt for a small length of time was Joseph. And they were distinctly told, bring Joseph's body out of Egypt. So I say to people today, stay the heck up out of Egypt. The Lord didn't tell you to go there. That is not your land. You want to know where you're supposed to be. You need to look in the word of God and you need to look at the lines and the areas where the Lord has designated for his people. And it has nothing to do with Egypt. 
okay? And it really has nothing to do with uh, certain areas in Africa either. Even the thing about Africa, people have to understand, okay? Today, the lines have been cut off. It used to be a point in time where Jerusalem, the whole entire area where the tribes were, was part of the African border. It was the African continent. But thanks to man, and let's say man being led by the adversary, okay, those lines were cut off. And Africa today is not what Africa was back then. All right? And that is the only association. Okay. All right. Let's move on now. We are now out of Joshua. And we are now moving into Judges. Okay? All righty. Judges, the first chapter. Mm. Incomplete conquest on the land. Israel fights the remaining Canaanites. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, who will be the first to go up and fight for us against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah is to go. I have given the land into their hands. Then the men of Judah said to Simeon, Simeonites, their brothers, come up with us. Notice, remember what I said to you about Judah and Simeon. They are close. They, they are in the same land with them. When they fight, they fight together. So it, this is not uncommon for them to go to the Semonites, okay? Come up with us into the territory allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We, in turn, will go with you into yours. So the Semonites went with them. When Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites, the Pezites, into their hands, and they struck down 10,000 men at Bezek. It was there that they found Adoni Bezek and found a, and fought against him, putting to rot the Canaanites, the Pezzarites. Adoni Bezek fled, but they chased him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Then Adoni Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off had picked up scraps under my table. Now God has now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. The men of Jerusalem attacked Jerusalem. Uh, sorry, the men of Judah attacked Jerusalem also and took it. See, before that they didn't own Jerusalem. Now they do. They put the city to the sword and set it on fire. After that, the men of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites living in the hill country, the Negev, and the western foothills. They advanced against the Canaanites living in Hebron, formerly called Kidaroth, Arab, and defeated Shishai, Amiam and Talmia. From there, they advanced against the people living in Debir, formerly called 
Kitaroth Sophia. And Kalib said, I will give my daughter Asaph in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kitaroth Sophia. O'Neill, son of Kenaz, Kalib's younger brother, took it as Kalib gave his daughter Asaph to him in marriage. One day when she came to Oneth, she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Kalib asked her, What can I do for you? And she replied, Do me a special favor. Since you have given me land in the gift, give me also spring of water. Then Kalib gave her the upper and lower springs. The descendants of Moses' father-in-law, the Canaanites, went up from the city of Palm with the men of Judah to live among the people of the desert of Judah in the Negev near Arad. Then the men of Judah went with the Semonites, their brothers, and attacked the Canaanites living in Zephyr, and they totally destroyed the city. Therefore, it was called Hor- Hormoth. The men of Judah also took Gaza, Ashkelon, and Ilkron, each city with its territory. The Lord was with the men of Judah, and they took possession of the hill country, but they were able to drive the people, but they were unable to drive the people from the plains, because they had iron chariots. As Moses had promised, Hebron was given to Khalid, who drove from its entire, uh, sorry, who drove from it the three sons of Anak. The Benjamites, however, failed to dislodge the Jubasites, who were living in Jerusalem. To this day, the Jubasites live there with the Benjamites. Now, the house of Judah, and that's tough. See, when they can't drive them out, then they really have to be careful of what the Lord said because they're they're there. So they have to make sure that their people do not uh, start worshiping their gods and doing things like them. Remember, the Lord Lord said, if you don't drive them out, you know, they're going to be a constant problem. So they have to stay on top of that. Okay. Uh, now the houses of Joseph attacked Bethel, and the Lord was with them. And when they sent men to spy out Bethel, formerly called Luz, the spies saw a man coming out of the city, and they said to him, Show us how to get into the city, and we will see that you are treated well. So he showed them, and they put the city to the sword but spared the man and his whole family. He then went to the land of the Hittites, where he built a city and called it Lutz, which is its name to this day. That story is pretty similar to Rahab. Remember, Rahab helped the spies in Jericho and saved her own family and became the line in which Christ Jesus came out of. Interesting, right? Yeah. 
So Rahab's family married into the Judah line. Okay, uh, let's move on. But Mezanah did not drive out the people of Bashan or Tanakh or Dor or Ibim or um, Begadu and their surrounding settlements for the Canaanites were, let's see, for the Canaanites were determined to live in the land. Uh, when Israel became strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor, but never drove them out completely, nor did Ephraim drive the Canaanites living in Gerza. But the Canaanites continued to live the among them. Neither did Zubalim drive out the Canaanites living in Kitchen or Nathal, who remained among them, but they did subject them to forced labor. Nor did Asher drive out those living in Akor or Sidion or Ahalab or Akazibar or Helabar or Afak or Rebor or I'm sorry or Rehor. And because of this, the people of Asher lived among them, Canaanite inhabitants of the land. Neither did Napatili drive out those living in Vesh Shemesh or Beth Anath, but the Napalites too lived among the Canaanite inhabitants of the land. And those living in Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath became forced laborers for them. The Amorites confined the Danite uh, the Amorites confined the Danites to the hill country not allowing them to come down into the plain. And the Amorites were determined also to hold out in the Mount Heres, Ajolon and Shalabim. Yes, Shalabim. But when the power of the house of Joseph increased, they too were pressed into forced labor. The boundary of the Amorites was from Scorpion Pass to Sela and beyond. Now, again, all these Canaanites and Amorites were still around them, okay? One of the things that they probably could have done, which they didn't think at the time, because I guess it just didn't cross their mind, was they could have gone to the Lord to ask for um, help in this matter as to what to do with these people since they were having such a hard time driving them out. <clears throat> but um, I don't think that was done because they stayed there. Okay. Uh, chapter 2. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bacham and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land that I swore to give your forefathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars 
yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? Now, therefore, I tell you that I will not drive them out before you. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a snare to you. When the angel of the Lord has spoken these things to all the Israelites, the people wept aloud, and they called the place Bakim. There they offered sacrifices to the Lord. You see, they didn't drive them out, like he said. Disobedience and defeat. After Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each of his own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nam, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timonath, hers in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gosh. After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Now, why is this? I'm going to say this very plainly. Why is this? We see it today. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served Baals. Now, if you train up a child the way they will go, this is what the Lord says, and that's part of the training. Teach them the word of God. Teach them to teach their children the word of God. Somewhere in here, somebody didn't do this. Why would the next generation come up not knowing God? What happened? They fell off. Things like what we have today, technology. Faces more in the phone and the computers and the tablets. More into other things other than God. What did he say? I am first. What did he say? I am a jealous God. <laughs> you don't... When someone is jealous, raving mad jealous, we're not talking about a little jealousy. We're talking about real, serious, I'll kill you jealousy. Why would you play with something like that? If you see somebody like that, what do you do? You give them a wide berth. Or if you're under their tutelage, you're going to follow what they say because you're not going to put yourself in harm's way. So you have to say to yourself, why? What, what would ever give you the thought not to do this? But again, we see this today in our society. We see uh, people of God who serve God and then their children turn around and don't serve the Lord. They don't want to have anything to do with the Lord. They completely turn their back on the Lord. Okay? All right, let's move on. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served Baalus. 
They forsook the Lord, the God of their father, who had brought them out of Egypt, and they followed the worship of various gods of the people around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him and served Baal and the Ashtaroths. In his anger against Israel, the Lord handed them over to the raiders who plundered them. He sold them to their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. Whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them. to defeat them, just as he had sworn to them. They were in great distress, and then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. Unlike their fathers, they quickly turned from the way in which their fathers had walked, the way of obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord had compassion on them as they groaned under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judges died, the people returned to the ways even more corrupt than those of their fathers, following other gods and serving and worshiping them. They refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and said, Because this nation has violated the covenant that I laid down for their forefathers and has not listened to me, I will no longer drive out before them any nation. Joshua left when he died. I will use them to test Israel and see whether they will keep the way of the Lord and walk in it as their forefathers did. The Lord had allowed those nations to remain, and he did not drive them out at once by giving them into the hands of Joshua. Now, mind you, those nations, he told them to drive them out. But the Lord knew what was going to happen, even after all he went through. Remember, when they were in the desert, their their fathers came out of Egypt. They knew how the Lord was. They watched the Lord, the cloud over them, the cloud above and the cloud behind. Who sees a cloud of fire and you don't obey? You cross the water. The waters are standing up feet high over above you, right? Then you see it again with when they cross over the Jordan, the Lord does the same thing again. Come on now. But then you turn back and you do it anyway. What happened to the ones that came out of Egypt because of their disobedience? The Lord showed them. They wiped out the whole entire generation. He told them, you are not going to cross the Jordan. You are going to stay in the desert, in the wilderness. You know, when we we have problems in our lives, it's because we've strayed from the Lord. And we call it walking in the wilderness, just like those people did. And it's not until you reclaim yourself, you redeem yourself, you repent. 
that you come out of the wilderness and you cross over the Jordan and you receive. Okay? So these people have crossed over. They have received. I should say their children, not them. Their children received. And now their children's children turn their backs on the Lord. Wow. Okay? You just, you your mind is like, Wow, what what transpired here? Well, the children of the first group that came out of Egypt, they saw what happened to their parents, and they're like, oh, no, that's, that's not going to be us. But they forget to teach their own children. They don't lay the law down on their own children and say, listen, this is what happened to my father and mother. Make sure this doesn't happen to you. No, they didn't do that. So now you've got another generation that has rose up behind this one that is not following the Lord at all. Okay? And this is really uh, sad. And you think man would have learned, but again, look at today. Look at the people today. You see that man is just continually going in this vicious cycle. He has not learned. Okay? All right, we're going to move on to uh, chapter 3. These are the nations the Lord left to test all these Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not had previous battle experience. The five rulers of Philistine, all the Canaanites, the Sidonites, the Hivites, living in the Lebanon mountains from Mount Baal Hermon to Libal Hamath, they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's command, which he had given their forefathers through Moses. The Israelites lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, the Jezebites. And they took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. The very thing the Lord told them not to do. Okay? Um, let's move on. The period of Arthanel. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord, their God, and served the bowels of Asherah. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan Rishathram, king of Aram Naharim, to whom the Israelites were subjected for eight years. But when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up from them a deliverer, Othanel, son of Kinez, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushim Risharim, king of Aram, into the hands of Othanel, who overpowered him. So the land had peace. For 40 years until Alphanel's son of Kinez died. There's that number, 40. Remember, we went over the numbers early on. 
If you don't know what the number 40 is, go back to last year to some of my recordings, uh, probably near uh, between Genesis and Leviticus. And you will see, uh, I gave a whole um, whole description of what numbers and what they mean, okay? We will go over that sometime this year again. Uh, second period of Edu and Shemagah. Once again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and and because they did this evil, the Lord gave Egalon, king of Moab, power over Israel and getting the Amorites and the Amaleks to join them. Eglon came and attacked Israel and they took possession of the city of Palms. The Israelites were subjected to Elon, king of Moab, for 18 years. Against the Israelites cried out to the Lord and he gave them a deliverer. Uh, Ehud, a left-handed man, the son of Gerah the Benjamite. The Israelites sent him with tribute to Elon, king of Moab. Now, Ehud had made a double-edged sword, about a foot and a half long, which he strapped to his right thigh under his clothing. He presented the tribune to Elon, king of Moab, who was a very fat man. After Ehud had presented the tribune, he, sat, uh, he sent on their way the man who had carried it. At the idols near Gilgal, he himself turned back and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. The king said, Quiet, or and all his attendants left him. Ehud then approached him while he was sitting alone in the upper room of his summer palace and said, I have a message from God for you. As the king rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, drew the sword from his right thigh, and plunged it into the king's belly. Even the handle sunk in after the blade, which came out his back. Ehud did not pull the sword out, and the fat caused, and the fat closed in over it. Then Ehud went out to the porch. He shut the door of the upper room behind him and locked, and locked them. After he had gone, the servants came and found the door of the upper room locked. They said he must be relieving himself in the inner room of the house. They waited to the point of embarrassment, but when he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked them. There they saw their Lord fallen to the floor dead. While they waited, Ehud got away. He passed by the idols and escaped to Sirah. When he arrived there, he blew a trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went down with him from the hills and with him leading them. Follow me, he ordered, for the Lord has given Moab, your enemy, into your hands. 
So they followed him down, taking possession of the fords of the Jordan that led to Moab, and they allowed no one to cross over. At that time, they struck down about 10,000 Moabites, all vigorous and strong. Not a man escaped. That day, Moab was made subject to Israel, and the land had peace for 80 years. Okay, Shemagah. After Ehud came Shemagah, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox guard, and he took and uh, two. Uh, I, I'm sorry. He too saved Israel. Um. Hmm. Third period, Debor uh, and Barak. After Ehu died, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord stole them in the land into the hands of ja excuse me, Jabin, a king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Horsheth. Uh, Horsheth Hagarim. Because he had 900 iron chariots and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth was leader of Israel at the time, and she held court under palm of Deborah between Ramoth and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came to her to have their disputes decided. She set for Bar, son of Abinam, for Kedash in Natil. And said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go take with you 10,000 men to Napatili and Zippelim, and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Joplin army, with his chariots and his troops to Kishron River, and give him into your hands. Now, I want to pause here for a second before I go any further. Um, you know, the Lord said uh, about leaving bread. If you leave, leave it in the bread, it will rise. Well, it's the same thing in situation. Uh, as fast as they would clean it out, it would come back. Why? Because there was still some people still undercoverly practicing, <laughs> you know, and they couldn't get rid of it. And that was the reason why the Lord told them, don't start it in the first place, because it's hard to get rid of leaving once it's in something. It's very hard. As next to uh, impossible, let's just put it that way. Okay. All right, let's continue. Uh, 
Bach said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Very well, Deborah said. I will go with you, but because of the way you are going about this, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So, uh, Deborah was is the English name, but Deborah is actually her name, went with Bark to Kadesh, where he summoned Zebulun and Napatili. And 10,000 men followed him, and Deborah also went with him. Now, Heber and Kenite, had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Horeb, Moses' brother-in-law, pitched his tent by the great tree of Zanam near Kadesh. When they told Sisera that Bach, son of Ammonim, had gone up to the Mount Tabor, Sisera gathered together his 900 Iron chariots and all the men with him from Horus Hagarim to the Kishon River. Then Deborah and uh, uh, then Deborah said to Barak, "Go. This is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands." Uh, he had the Lord gone ahead of you. So Barak went down Mount Tabor, followed by 10,000 men. At Barak's advance, the Lord rooted Sisera and all its chariots and army by the sword, and Sisera abandoned him, his chariots, and fled on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Heroth, Hagarim and all the troops of Sisera fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Sisera, however, fled on foot to the tents of Jerel, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because there were they were friendly relations between Jabin, king of Hazar, and the clan of Heber the Kenite. Jerel went out to meet Sistra and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she put a covering over him. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him up. Standing in the doorway of the tent, he told her, If someone comes by and asks you, if anyone's here, say no. But Jerel, Heber, wife, picked up the tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he was laying fast asleep. Exhausted, ex exhausted, she drove the peg through his tent into the ground and he died. Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera and Jerel and went out to him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there laying in Sisera with the tent peg through his temple, dead. On that day, God subdued Jablin and Canaanite king before the Israelites, and the hand of the Israelites grew stronger and stronger against Jablin and the Canaanite king until they destroyed him.
Okay. Um, <laughs> let me see if we have enough time for this song. I don't think we have enough time for the song of Deborah. We have about four minutes, and this is quite long. <clears throat> um, let me see what follows this. All right, so we will start, and if we don't, then we will run over a little bit in time. Okay, we will pause for commercial and then come back. All right. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abiram, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, ye kings, listen, ye rulers. I will sing to the Lord, I will sing. I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. O Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down a water. The mountains shook, the mountains quaked before the Lord, and the one of Sinai before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shemagod, son of Anath, in the days of Jerel, the roads were abandoned. Travelers took to winding paths. Village life in Israel ceased. Uh, ceased until Deborah arose, arose mother of, in Israel. When they, closed, when they chose new gods, war came to the city gates, and not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with Israel princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. You who ride on white donkeys sit on your saddle blankets, and you who walk along the road consider the voice of the singer at the watering places. They recite the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts of the warrior in Israel. Then the people of the Lord went down to the city gates, Wake up, wake up, Deborah, wake up, wake up, break out in song. Arise, O, o Barak, take captive your captives, O son of Abinah. Then the men who were left came down to the nobles. The people of the Lord came to me with the mighty. Some came from Ephraim, whose roots were in Amalek. Benjamin and his people will follow you. The Macquarie captains came down, and Zubalim, those who bear a commander's staff. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak. Rushing after him into the valley in the distress of Reuben, there was much searching of the heart. Why did you stay among the camp, campfires to hear the whistling for the flocks? In the distress of Reuben, there was much there was much searching of heart. Gilgad stayed beyond the Jordan, and Dadon. Why did the lingering fight the ships? Uh, 
Okay, we're going to stop here and pause and come back. Okay, everyone, we're back. Um, now we're going to pick up uh, the end part of chapter 5 and 17. Okay. Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his covers. The people of Zibulam risked their very lives. So did Napatili on the heights of the field. Kings came and they fought. The kings of Canaan fought at Tapanak by the waters of Megiddo. But they carried off no silver, no plunder. For the heavens, the stars fought. For their courses, they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away, the ages old river, the river Kishon. March on, my soul, be strong. Then thundered the horse's hoofs, galloping, galloping, go his mighty steeds. Cruise, Mezeroth, said the angel of the Lord. Curse, Mezeroth, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly, because they did not come to help the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed of women be Jerel, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. Most blessed of tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, and she gave him milk in a bowl fit for the noble. She brought him curdled milk. Her hands reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. At his feet he sank, he fell, there he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell, dead. Though the widow peered, Sisera's mother, behind the lattice, she cried out, Why is his chariot so long in crossing? Why is the, ch why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answered her indeed. She kept saying to herself, Are they not finding and dividing the spoils, a girl or two for each man? Colorful garments as plunder for Sisera, highly embroidered garments for my neck, all this as plunder. So many all your enemies perish, O Lord. So may all your enemies perish, O Lord. But may they who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land that has peace. 40 years. Okay, so that was the end of the uh, Deborah song. Okay, and we're going to end here. Uh, sorry, we ran over a little bit today. Um, but we will start tomorrow in Chapter 6 of Judges. Okay, all right, everyone. <clears throat> Make sure when you, if you're on the road listening or you're out and about and you're just listening in, make sure you grab those Bibles when you get home and go over this and read it for yourself. 
I say this constantly. Don't just take my word for it or anyone else's word. Read it for yourself and get an understanding. The Lord said, search and ye shall find, right? Then search and ye shall find. This is Minister McMillan saying, God bless and good night.